today we're looking at a biblical financial strategy. We're going to learn from the Word of God how to handle our money. Okay? And this is good. God's got so many good things to teach us in His Bible. And really about this series, it's about freedom versus bondage. Okay? God wants you to be liberated. It's for freedom that Christ set us free. There's no use if we're just free in our spirits and we've been forgiven for our sins, but we're in bondage in the way that we manage our finances and we're always strapped. We never have enough because we're useless at managing finances. So God's given us wisdom, words of wisdom in the word that we're going to look at today. Now, Jesus put it this way. He said in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and you will despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Okay, now I know we, many of us have heard this scripture before, and maybe we think, well, you know, Jesus was really radical, and he said some really radical things. But I think I can kind of balance this thing. It's okay. I've got money on this side and um, God on this side, and I can kind of make it work. But you know what? The quicker you learn that the Word of God is true, the quicker that you line up with the Word of God, the more your life is going to come into order. I'll tell you why Jesus says that you cannot serve money and God at the same time. There's another word used in the Bible, um, mammon, which speaks of um, both financial, um, like our money, but also material wealth and financial position. So if I use the word mammon, it just means all the material things, including cash, okay? So God says you cannot serve mammon and love mammon and love God and serve God at the same time. And why is that? Because they are in diametrical opposites, okay? If you love money, you'll want to serve money, and you've only got one throne in your heart, and Jesus wants that throne. He wants to be enthroned in your heart. If you love money, money becomes an idol, and you start serving money. When you do that, you can't at the same time live in obedience to God. And why is that? Because when we love mammon, when we serve money and material wealth, we become selfish and proud. But when you love God and you serve God, you are humble and hopefully you become more and more selfless and love others more. Because we become more like God when we love and we serve Him. Have you met some people who... As soon as they make a little bit of cash, they can't associate with you anymore because they're like, gone up a level. Yeah? That's an indication that people are not serving God, but they're serving money. On the other hand, if you love mammon and you serve mammon, if mammon is the idol in your heart and that comes number one in your heart, you become stingy and greedy. Okay? But in God's kingdom, when we love God, he says we should be generous. Can you be stingy and greedy and generous at the same time? No, you can't. It's like they go in opposite directions. Again, if you love mammon, you'll be disobedient because when God says you should be generous, you don't want to share what you have, right? And you will hold on to it. So we disobey God instead of honoring him. And then when we love mammon, 
we serve self instead of serving God and honoring God. So you cannot serve money and serve God at the same time. The Bible says, what use is it to you if you gain the whole world and yet lose your soul? Does that mean that God wants us to stay poor? No. God wants to bless you. God wants to prosper you. In fact, that is what our whole series is about. It's about being unstrapped. God wants to liberate you and set you free in your finances. So does that mean that if you meet a really rich person, they can't be spiritual? They must, be, uh, they must hate God because they got a lot of money? No. In fact, there's a lot of Christians who love God passionately who are also very wealthy because they've learned to apply financial, biblical financial um, um, principles in their lives. And as a result, God is able to bless them and make them a, ch him, them a channel of blessing to many. On the other hand, we have this thing. Many people believe that if you're really poor, you must be very spiritual. And do you know that's not even biblical either? Because God wants to bless you. God wants to prosper you. He wants you to prosper in every area of your life, even as your soul prospers. So if you're not prospering in your finances, something is wrong. If you are strapped, something is wrong. Because that is not God's desire for you. And as we look at these principles this morning, I want you to look in the mirror of God's word and look at yourself. Are you living according to these principles? Or are there things that you need to repent from, ask God to forgive you, and align yourself so that you live in obedience to God and you put God first in your life and love Him and not money? 1 Timothy 6, 6 to 10 says, Godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world. And we can take nothing out of it. Is that right? Yeah. Some people, uh, in their customs, you actually bury them with all their wealth and their worldly possessions. But even when you do that, they can't take it with them to their afterlife. It stays in their coffin. It stays in their grave. goes on to say, if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Now the key here is the word love, the love of money. Because when you love money, then you will worship money, and you cannot worship God and money, right? That's what we learned from the scripture before. But money itself is not bad. It's not evil. Um, Pastor Lunda taught us a couple of weeks ago that money is amoral, meaning that it's got no moral. It's not evil. It's not good. It's how you take it and put it to use. So either you manage your money or your money manages you. Which one is it today? Because if your money manages you, it means it's on you, in your heart. It's ruling you. It's managing you. But if you're managing your money, Jesus is in your heart, and you are a faithful steward of what he gives you. Again, in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5, it says, Keep your life free from the love of money, and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you and never forsake you. 
Okay, so it's the love of money that we need to watch out for. Okay, we need to love God first. God wants you to love him with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. We need to put him first. Remember the word of God says that when we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, all these other things will be added. So it's not that God doesn't want you to have the other things. He just wants you to have your priorities right. Okay, cool. So let's go to the first point. We need to earn our income honestly. Okay, Proverbs 13 and verse 11 says, Wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows over time. Okay. Some people don't like this very much when we talk about hard work because the Bible actually encourages it. He, God's word encourages us to work hard. Why is that important? Because the growth of your character needs to outpace the growth of your wealth. The growth of your character needs to outpace the growth of your wealth. Because most people who get rich really quick and easy, in an easy way, they lose it very quickly. Because underneath the poor financial management is all kinds of bondages emotionally and spiritually. And that doesn't go away. You don't become a good financial steward just because you have a lot of money. And people tend to believe that. They're like, well, I'm so poor now. If I just had more money, I'd be sorted. And yet, there's a program Dale and I like watching at home. It's called... Who wants to be a millionaire? And you got, anybody seen that? Yeah, a few of you? You just have to answer eight questions right, okay? And you even get multiple choice. If you answer eight questions right, you can make a million pounds. That's a lot of money, okay? But this is what God's word says. If you haven't learned financial um, principles of management and stewardship, even if you get a million pounds today, chances are that if you're useless, with spending a hundred kwacha, even short time down the road, even if you had a million pounds, you would find a way to squander it quick because you haven't learned to manage it. And that's why God wants to grow your character in line with as you receive and as God gives you. Because some of you, if God gave you everything that you were asking for, you'd be in big trouble because you're not ready to handle it or to manage it. The Bible commends hard work. God has told us, to rest one day a week, but he's also told us to work the other six. Just like he did when he created the earth, he worked six days and he rested one day. Some of you think Jesus said, or the word of God said that you should rest six days and work one day. Huh? Some of you are too lazy. And this word is for you today. God wants us to be hard working. Proverbs 10 and verse 4 says, lazy people are soon poor. Hard workers get rich, okay? So being a Christian is not an excuse just to sit back and pray and say, God, please, I need this, I need that, I need this, okay? God expects something from you too. He expects you to work hard. There's a scripture in Deuteronomy 28, 28 verse 12 that says, the Lord will bless all the work of your hands, okay? If you're not working, he's got nothing to bless. He wants to bless the work of your hands. So we need to work hard. Now, if you're here and you're saying today, well, I've been trying to get a job. I've been trying and I'm not getting the job. So what do you want me to do? That's why I sit around at home all day. There's plenty to do around at home. And this is part of building character, okay? Even if you're not earning something, helping out at home, being busy, 
working hard at whatever your hand finds to do, God will see you when you're faithful and little and he will promote you. But if you're sitting around all day doing nothing because you don't have a paying job, guess what? It might take a while before that job shows up because if you're lazy at home, why are you going to be hardworking at work? This is a principle that we need to learn. God wants us to be hardworking. Paul said to the Thessalonian church in, in 2 Thessalonians 3 and verse 10, For when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. I wonder how many of us would go hungry to bed if we implemented this in all of our homes. Hey, We need to love to work hard, okay? The Bible says in Ephesians 5, 16, make the most of every opportunity. As you do, your character is built and God can begin to entrust you with more when you're hardworking. Amen? So that's the first principle of financial strategy. Earn your income honestly. Be willing and ready to do some hard work. Number two, honor God with your best. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 to 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. So God wants to bless you. Can you see that in this scripture? God wants to fill your barns. He wants to give you all the food, all the drink, all the good things that you need in your life. God wants to bless you, but there's a little word then right there, okay? And that means that there's a condition for God's blessing to flow in your life. The condition for God to let his blessings flow is for you to honor him with your wealth. And with the best part of any, everything. In the NIV version of the scripture, it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. First fruits, we're talking about the first part of whatever God blesses you with. And um, Pastor Luna was teaching us on this a couple of weeks ago about the importance of tithes and offerings. Because many times, many of us, we, we don't give because God is at the end of the list. When we get, God blesses us with finances. We have this whole list of things that we need money for. We got to pay our bills and we've got to go out and eat with our friends. And we got to buy some gadgets and things. And if we have something left over at the end of the day, then we'll gladly bring God our coins. But God is worthy of being first in your life. He's worthy of being first in your thoughts, first in your time, and even first in your finances. We also learned the last couple of weeks that God doesn't tell you to bring the tithe to his storehouse. God doesn't tell you to give the first 10% to him because he's, he's uh, needy and he's poor, right? God owns everything. But the important thing for us to learn from this is that everything comes from God. And by giving God back to God our tithe, it's a way that we recognize that you're the giver of all good things, and it's a way of putting him first. And do you know what else I think about God? God is so keen to have a relationship with you. And if he makes a law like this, this is a way that you keep coming back to him and saying, thank you, God. Thank you for blessing me. Thank you for what you've done in my life. And he keeps that connection with you. Because that's what God desires with all of you. More than anything, he desires fellowship with you. 
He wants to bless you, but he doesn't want you to receive that blessing and disappear. Joannan was telling us last, last week that some people, as soon as God blesses them, you don't see them in church again until they're sick and broke, right? And this is just an indication that there are some principles about management that we haven't learned yet, and we need to put God first in everything. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 to 10 You've heard this scripture before, but I'm going to mention it to you again because it says here, would anyone rob God? Can anyone steal from God? Is that possible? Yet you're robbing me, God says. But you say, how have we robbed you, God? And he says, in tithes and offerings. Then it goes on to say, you are cursed with a curse for you are robbing me. It's not God cursing you. It's when we live in disobedience, we bring a curse upon ourselves when we live in disobedience. And this is what God is saying. He says, bring the whole tithe to the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and put me to the test in this, the Lord says the Lord of armies. If I do not open up the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows, then I will rebuke the devourer for you. Again, we have this little word, then. Okay, there's a condition to God's blessings in your life. God wants to rebuke the devourer. The devourer is the enemy. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And if the devourer is busy eating up every good thing that you have in your life, and you're seeing like there's no progress, you're not growing, things are not, um, whatever you receive, it just disappears out of nowhere. That's an indication that there's a curse and that there's a devourer that's eating your things. But God says, I will rebuke the devourer if you honor me with your finances and bring the first fruits to God. That's the way you honor him. And he even says in this scripture, test me in this and see if you honor my word in this way by bringing the first fruits of whatever I bless you with to the house of God, when you acknowledge me as being first in your life, because this is a principle, okay? It doesn't matter how much you make or how little you make. It's a principle we put in our lives where we put God first. And then God says, watch me. If you obey my word and you do this, watch me open up the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. How many would like God to open his windows and let it flow until it overflows in your life? I believe we all desire that. And do you know God desires it for you even more than you do for yourself? God is so desperate to bless you. He wants you to live a good, meaningful, fruitful, prosperous life. But it requires you to fulfill some conditions. So everything comes from God. By giving back to God our tithe, the first 10% of what he blesses us with, we're simply acknowledging this fact that all good comes from you, God, and I put you first in my life. Being a good steward of God's resources, sorry, being a good steward of God's resources that he entrusts to me requires that I always recognize and honor him first. This is very important. If we want God's blessing in our life, we need to put him first. Above material possession and finances. Good. Let's move on to number three. We need to plan our spending. Okay. Imagine that. The Bible talks about planning our spending. Proverbs 21 and verse 5. It says, 
good planning and hard work lead to prosperity. Again, we see this hard work, huh? Can't get away from it. God expects hard work from us and good planning. But hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Most of us look to see where our money went, okay? When, our, when we receive something, it just disappears so quick. We, we don't even know how we spent it and where it went. I think all of us have had those experiences before. We thought we had a lot and it's just gone quickly. And we don't even know what it went to. Wise people tell their money where it's going to go, okay? Wise people tell their money where it's going to go. And they keep good records. They live by a written budget. And if you haven't learned to do this, it's good to start doing it now. And you might say, well, I don't make much. I made a bit of pocket money, and that's all. But again, this is a principle in the Word of God. And if you learn these principles now, even when you're earning little, those same principles will continue working for you even when you make much more. Wise people project and forecast, and then they discipline themselves to live according to the plan. Some of you, you live at home right now, and you spend all your pocket money on talk time and hairdos. Hey? But one day, you'll have to pay house rent. You'll probably have a wife and kids, school fees, Zesco, car, all sorts of things that you need money for. So, if you learn to make a budget now, with the little you have, it will benefit you the rest of your life, okay? So, this is a spiritual principle that we need to apply in our lives. God wants to bless your money, but it involves good planning on your part. Luke chapter 16 and 10, Jesus says here, Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Okay? Again, this is a biblical principle. If you are given a bit of money to go down to the marketplace to buy some vegetables, make sure you give back the right change. Don't steal even a 15 gui. Why? Because if you're dishonest with a little bit, guess what? When you're entrusted with more, you will do the same thing. That's what the Word of God says. If you're dishonest with little, God can't trust you. Why should He give you more if you're not faithful with the little that He gives you? Some of us are asking God for jobs. Can He trust you with it? Will you be hardworking? Are you going to stay committed to God if He blesses you? When we read about um, King Hezekiah in the Old Testament, I love one thing about him. He received a bad letter, a bad report, and the Bible says that he took the letter to the temple of God, and he spread it out before God and prayed. And I think that's a good idea to do with whatever finances you have. Holy Spirit wants to be your partner and help you, your financial advisor. And whatever little God gives you, bring it before him and say, God, this is what I've received. Help me to manage it right. Because when you're faithful with little, God can entrust you with much. Amen? All right, let's move on to number four. Save for the future. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6 to 11, it says, Take a lesson from the ants. I bet you never thought you could learn something from an ant. But here we go. The Word of God says, Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. 
Learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. But you, lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up? A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit, and scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. Okay, this is from the New Living Translation um, that calls us lazy bones. I know in my NIV it's, um, what is it again? You... Uh, sluggard, yes. <laughs> so, right. God wants us to learn from the ants because they're hardworking. They store up for the winter. Are we doing that? Do we save for the future? And maybe you're not making enough right now to save for the future. But this is still an important principle to get a hold of. Because as God blesses you and as you have more, we learn, need to learn to save for the future. It's wise to set aside for a rainy day, and it's smart to have savings and retirement. Again, this is a difference between bondage and freedom down the road. And God wants to bless you and bless you as you also put this principle to work in your life. Proverbs 13 and verse 22 says, A good person leaves an inheritance to his grandchildren. Okay. A righteous man, a good person, not only leaves an inheritance for their children, but even for their children, their grandchildren, their children's children. How do you do that? Well, that's when you save up for that day and hand it on. So as God blesses us, we need to look at how we're going to budget wisely and invest in the future, building a house maybe, or opening a savings account for your kids uh, uh, studying in future, I'm reminded from our entrepreneur workshop that we had last weekend with the ladies. And this goes back to the issue of hard work again. Because we have a woman in this house who wanted to send her kids to college and university. And they didn't have enough money coming in with just one salary. So she started getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning, making some musas every day to take to town at 6 o'clock, distribute to all the shops that were selling. And she would collect that money day after day. Some of you only go to bed at 3 o'clock in the morning and you sleep till 11. But this woman got up faithfully day by day. She's in the house this morning making samosas, hundreds of samosas, and selling them. And you know, with that money, she's been able to buy a car right? And she's actually got kids in university now. So this is what hard work can do. Yep. Good. All right. Let's look at the last point. We need to appreciate what we have. You might not be where you'd like to be today. You might look at your situation and say, yeah, I have a lot of needs. There's a lot that I'd like God to do for me. Remember a lot of the things that I've been sharing with you this morning requires you to take a first step, you to obey God's word. And as you put God's word, um, when you put God first and you start honoring God's word in your life, you open the door for God to be able to bring blessing into your life. But on the other hand, if you're just sitting back and, and feeling sorry for yourself and saying, I have all this lack in my life and God is not good and he's not caring for you, me, you're closing the door on God's blessing in your life. 
So God wants to bless you, and He wants you to appreciate what you have today, even if it's a little bit. Hebrews 13 and verse 5 says, Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never leave you, and I will never abandon you. You may have a little today, but let's be grateful for what we have. Because you have God on your side. God is on your side. And if you have him, he's promised never to fail you, never to abandon you. 